Hi, I'm Charlotte. I'm a performance and lifestyle nutritionist and your host of Death, Taxes and Disappointing Sex, the only three things in life that are guaranteed. I'm going to be taking a candid look at all things nutrition, life, health and wellness. If you're looking for support with your nutrition, all of the links to drop me an email, apply for nutrition coaching or the 10-week fat loss program are in the show notes, along with a load of links to free stuff where you can download free resources, webinars or join the email list for a weekly dose of nutrition wisdom straight to your inbox. Enjoy the podcast and if you want to chat about anything you hear on today's episode or ask a question for a future episode, please drop me a message on Instagram or to my email. I love hearing from you guys, so don't be shy and enjoy the episode. Sorry, I'm late. Oh, it's all right. Uh, literally about two minutes, um, two minutes to six, Finn was like, I need to go outside. And I was like, you've got two minutes to poo. And if you don't do it within two minutes, and you didn't, you clever boy. Yeah, That's good. Tough under pressure, isn't it? No one likes that. Yeah, no. And I was like, come on. And he's like, I'm not doing it. If you're going to say, come on at me. Yeah. Do you want another treat for that? Are you going to sit down? Good boy. He's, we've realised that he absolutely hates anything where you can hear someone else speaking, but he, you can't see them. And he's, he'll just mm. run around the room being like, what is going on? And then start barking. But yeah, nutrition Q&A time, which is hopefully going to become a regular fortnightly thing. Regular thing, yeah. How are you doing? I'm okay, apart from crippling indigestion because I just need to <gasps> shove my dinner down. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going out after this, so I was just like, just got to have dinner. And then my afternoon nap overran. And it's just being an adult's tough, isn't it? Yes. Oh, so, so did mine. I got back from walking the dog and I was like, oh, I'll nip out and get something for dinner because I don't want to leave him in the car. And then I fell asleep instead. So it's like, sorry, I'm I just have 20 minutes. It's like an hour and a half later. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. And you wake up like, what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything hurts and you're not sure why you've only been asleep. Yeah. Oh, Shall I kick off the question time? Please do. Because I've got some questions I've collected. Okay, so the first one is, Give me the elevator pitch for your coaching and what you do, because I feel like you don't talk about it enough. This person was basically like, I know that you both coach, but I don't know what either of you actually do. And um, yeah, it's stop it. That, that's a failure on our part, isn't it? That's like business yeah. 101. I'm awful at talking about it. Sitting. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, give me your elevator pitch. Sum up coaching in like a minute. I help people find they care about where food fits in that and then help them build habits where they last for life and actually they're in control of their food again sometimes that's a lot of the time that's with weight loss sometimes it's not sometimes it's with sports performance often it's not sometimes it's just i want to get rid of all the horrible diet culture shit i want to be unslimming worlded so that's, that's pretty much like, me like unslimming world it i feel like i'm very mm. i feel like we have very similar ethoses which is why these chats work and um, work yeah because i feel like mine is with the party line is like i help people you know that cringy line in your coaching mm. she's like i help people lose weight without dieting and um, i basically yeah. take in all the people that have been burned by other coaches who are like i'm fucking sick of diet culture i hate dieting I don't like it, but I want to lose weight. But I hate the whole the whole fitness culture around it and the whole mm. like all the virtue signaling that goes on in the industry. Um, and I've basically taken those people and also help people who want to run a really, really long way. Mm. It's kind of my two two little <laughs> niches. Um, yeah, interestingly, I'm closing my doors for coaching at the minute. I'm full. That is interesting. That's exciting. That's an exciting development. Yeah, mm. I think as soon as the coffin, I just bit my bum. Stop it. As soon as the cost of living crisis kind of like was a thing, I think a lot of people went ah, and a lot of clients like stop it, don't be a dick. And um, a lot of clients kind of went oh, I, I really can't afford it with like my electricity bill doubling, which I think is really yeah. fair. But yeah, it's been interesting as well to see that I've kind of had like a new wave of people. Mm. pretty much since I started actually talking to my email list and telling them what I do join me for coaching yeah yeah I found it during the, at the start of the first lockdown because I was working at the same time and I was like if I hang on to a couple that'd be great and then it like went about two and a half times what I had and I was like oh okay <laughs> that's good yeah I think it was the best time to start coaching online was, was first lockdown because everyone was like right gonna yeah. get in shape who do I need and it's like a nutritionist so I think yeah. it was actually a great time to do it. Um, okay, 
Second question that I have on my list is, I can feel my motivation slipping as I get further into my diet and closer to my goals. How do I get my mojo back? So this person basically is probably a couple of kilos away from where they want to be. Um, and mm -hmm. just feels like when they get to this point, everything starts to wane, wane a bit, like motivation kind of goes, and like, oh, I can't really be bothered. Like, do I really need to lose an extra couple of kilos? But then they kind of snap out of it and go, no, I really want to, but how do they manage that ebb and flow of motivation mm. that's a great question i guess the first bit is and you've sort of just touched on that but maybe that last two kilos aren't that important to you so that's before you even before we even chat about what to do if they are maybe just really reflect hard and think maybe they're not mm -hmm. yeah i think people what set... are you going to give up to get there yeah people set goal weights um mm. without really thinking like why that is their goal weight and I think mm. for a lot of people, it's like an arbitrary round number, like yeah. 60 kilos, 65 kilos, 70 kilos, whatever it is. Um, yeah, you're for 13 kilos, aren't you? He's trying to eat my knees at the moment. <laughs> this is interesting. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people set this arbitrary number or this number that they have been previously and they associate yeah. that number with like, oh, well, I, I was happy then. Um, mm. But it's not necessarily the weight that made you happy. Or no. they pick the weight that they were at 18 and go, I can go back to that. And you probably can't because you've mm. now developed an adult body. Yeah. And an adult lifestyle as well. Yeah. Like people are always like, maybe my metabolism is much slower. Like, no, you've now got some money and you go to the pub quite a lot. You eat out quite a lot. You still eat healthy and train and stuff, but you can afford a bit more booze, a bit nicer food. And that's what you do. And that's absolutely fine. But as a student, I wasn't eating how I am now. Yeah, and you've also probably got a car and a job where you yeah. probably have to sit down for a lot of the day. That yeah. need, I used to do like twenty to 30,000 steps a day easily when I was at uni. Because mm. I'd walk to uni in the morning, I'd probably walk back from my lunch, I'd walk to uni again in the afternoon and then walk home, then probably go do something else. Yeah. So I was like do, walking for like two to four hours a day sometimes, just because I lived in the city centre and you, you didn't have a car and you didn't mm. really need public transport to just get to somewhere that's half an hour away. No. Yeah, yeah you, whereas now you're not like half an hour, now fuck that, I'll drive. Yeah, exactly. Half hour walk, it's on the road, bit far. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm going to go watch some football, which is literally the bottom of the road later tonight. And my mum was like, how are you getting there then? I'm not fucking legs. Like, what do you think I'm going to do? It's literally <laughs> down the road, I'm not driving. Yeah. I think there's also the whole thing of like, when you're a student, you have so much time. And it's one thing that I wish I could knock into more students heads it's like you've got so much free time and so yeah. much money even if you get the bare minimum in terms of student loans you still have so much money um mm. to play with and so much free time and it's that assuming you're not doing like a really really hard degree um <laughs> unlike ours it's, <laughs> to be honest i think about how much i was in uni and i just was barely there yeah. you have so much time to to enjoy yourself and i wish more students realize that but yeah in terms of like the motivation thing i think it's it's understanding that it does fluctuate and it does come and go and there are times when it is higher and there are times when it is lower and sometimes you have to do things despite being not motivated to do them mm. yeah i think that's the big thing isn't it in that people just assume that action can only happen when you're motivated and as soon as you tell yourself that you'll never get anywhere because like mm -hmm. you said it ebbs and flows so as long as you rely on motivation for things you won't get anywhere because it's not always there. like how many training sessions do you do a week where you like to cut your most days like i think most of the time I, i'm, I'm get, getting towards a training session unless i haven't trained for a few days where i'm like yeah i can't wait to go for a run but i think most of the time i start a training session and i'm like can't be asked don't want to do this don't want to go but the more that you do things and the more that you oh we have extra people hello hello i just shut this door no finger out nope uh, oh are you on <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> or home from work um yeah you most of the things that we do in life especially in adult life i was thinking about this today most of the things that we do in adult life, we probably don't really want to do. And there are some things that you mm. don't want to do, but you have to do, like go to work. Like mm. nobody would have a job if you didn't have to. And um, no. I think people would have more of a, more of like a purpose, but don't, nobody would really care about having a job. Um, there are things that you have to do, but you don't want to do. And if you think about it in, ter in terms of that, 
you go to work every day without being motivated to go to work. You can you can go for a walk without necessarily being motivated to go for a walk. And sometimes, and I think this is how I explain it to clients. I'm like, how many days are you like, oh, I don't want to go to work today? And then you get to work and you're like, this isn't that bad. And then you see your favourite work friend and you go get coffee together at lunch and it's actually like quite a nice day. Mm. Apply that same logic to going for a walk. There really isn't that many times that I've ever gone for a walk, exercised or like even like had a shower and it's and I haven't enjoyed it. No. Those things that sometimes I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered. They, they mm. usually are things that turn out well after after I've done it. It's type two fun. Not necessarily yeah. fun while you're doing it, but fun afterwards. Yeah. Like, and also, know. like work, there'll be some days where you do it and it's still shit and it was as shit as you thought it was going to be and nothing bad happens. You literally finish it and you're like, well, that was done. Didn't enjoy that at all. Yeah. So what? Like, But yeah, I think it's good to... Sh- it's another example of where you can give yourself evidence that you can do something. Mm. So I, I added today that like, I trained first first thing this morning and then didn't finish my whole session so I had to go back just for an assault boy and I was like oh and it's a horrible session I was like I don't want to and I was just like well just prove to yourself that you can do hard things that's a really really valuable skill to have yeah and I think that then builds discipline if Mm. you know that you can do it so I think so people are always running is my my thing that people always go oh how can you just be how can you be motivated to go and do that it's like I'm not I'm just Mm. disciplined enough to get out the door and go do it and a lot of the things that help out with that discipline is taking away a lot of the barriers to doing things. So like, I'll put my running kit on the radiator in winter so that it's warm when I put it on. I'll put my shoes on the radiator so that they're warm. I'll lay my running kit out so that I don't have to think about like, mm. it's like oh, I can't find it, it's fine, I'll just go do it. Like, you, I have set times that I do things and you can get around not being motivated by having habits. Mm. Yeah, I think what's I've reflected on recently and what's really important is that there's loads of different tools for making yourself just get out and do it and you don't always use the same one and they won't always be the same one that works so like sometimes i'm like just take the pressure off just go and do the best you can and whatever happens is great sometimes i have to try and reframe it i'm like oh, i get to go and do this mm. sometimes i'm like just be grateful that you can go for the run and sometimes i'm like we're not even gonna have this conversation because i'm so miserable about this idea i'm just gonna do it i'm not gonna think about what it might be or how the future will look i'm just gonna go and do the thing now and in the grand scheme of things, unless it's like a, a ridiculously long training session, like unless I'm going out for a four hour run, most things you're going to have finished within about half an hour. Like mm. it's not. And even if you don't do the full session that you've anticipated doing, going and doing something is so much better than, than going and doing nothing because yeah. you're slapping everyone on the sofa. Um, like for even some cheesy quotes like that. And I'm mm. full on. I love a good motivational podcast or some motivational. Mm. I had 300 violin orchestra on, like, you know, the thing that's like, do, 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 at the start of my run, because I was like, I need this, I need this. Mm. And it's whatever it helps you to get out the door and go do it. Yeah, it doesn't, I think maybe people assume that there's a set thing that once I've got this and cracked it, I'll always want to do it, and you won't. You need to have a lot of tools in the toolbox to make yourself go and do those things. I think food's a bit harder, isn't it, because there's a lot more opportunities. Like, you can go and grab it, and you can... You've got to make decisions multiple times per day, whereas a run, it's like, got to go out once, do it, come back. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. is trickier. Nutrition's hard because you can't switch off from it. It's not like, mm. oh yeah, training is 1% of your day or whatever yeah. the like, quote is. Nutrition's 24-7. You, it's, you, have to, you can't just opt out. You can't yeah. opt in or opt out. You, you, have, you are opted in automatically and there's no unsubscribe button from it. You have to do it. Mm. Um, so I think it, a lot of it's a case of like just developing the habits so you don't have to have the motivation and you don't have to think about it. If you develop the habit to just pretty much always have some vegetables with your dinner, mm. it's so much easier than having to fight yourself to put vegetables on your dinner. If the question you're asking yourself is which vegetables do I want instead of do I want vegetables or do I not want vegetables? If you're asking mm. yourself, do I want corn or do I want peas? You'll just pick one or the other. That's something I use yeah. all the time is like ask yourself the right questions. Mm. Yeah, just asking like any sort of does this serve me question. Let's mm-hmm. go, well, actually, I don't want to do it, but I know that to be all those things that I aspire to be, I've got to do them. So mm-hmm. I think there's a James Clear thing when he's like, what would the sort of person that's doing all the things that you'd like to do, what would they do right now? Ask yourself that I, question. Yeah. Was that on his email list? Probably at some point, I yeah. So. I think I'm still subscribed to his email list. Yeah. If, yeah. if anyone's not on the James Clear's Atomic Habits email list, 
go get on it and our email list because they are also very good yeah um, as good probably probably better probably. but yeah um <laughs> i sent out something to my list this week monday maybe and um, and it was the polo mid challenge and it was all about like creating a pause so you know when you do something and you're like oh why did i do that like that doesn't align with what mm. i want you you plow through an entire pizza and you go oh why did i do that that was because you re reacted emotionally and in order to then shift that to reacting or to like responding in line with your values and your goals you have to create that pause to move past the emotional response so i sent out an email to my email list which was like put a poll if you want to learn how to do this stick a polo mint in your mouth and don't crunch it or something mm. that you really want to crunch. like a lint ball is a great example put a lint ball in your mouth and don't bite it and that's how you learn to create a pause is you you practice it and you practice mm. the discipline around it mm. yeah i love that i think all those questions that we just said are really great but if you haven't got that space in between how you what you think you're going to do in doing it then they're a waste of time because you won't mm -hmm. ever ask the question in time to stop yourself doing the behavior you don't want to do yeah. so i think most people could change an awful lot of their lives by creating a pause mm -hmm. and like that sort of and doing mindfulness and stuff like that that we know helps create a pause yeah. i think that's one of the biggest things people can do for their health and wellness that they don't do mm -hmm. i think my clients think i'm mental when i mm. put into their like process goals for the week you're gonna do you're going to, at some point every day, like maybe when you first sit down at your desk, when you have a lunch break, whatever, you're going to sit down and do breathe in for the count of four, breathe out for the count of four, breathe in for the count of four, breathe out for the count of four. And that's that's all you've got to do that day. But you're mm. practicing using that skill. And if you practice it when you don't need it, when you do need it, you are going to have it like train hard, race easy sort of. Mm. When, when it push comes to shove, you're going to go, oh, I can just go. There we go pause that's your pause that's all it has yeah. to be but so many people struggle to do that yeah no absolutely and i think one thing with the food and the motivation side of it is that try and create conditions that when you're making decisions those they're easier so like if you're starving mm -hmm. and then you've got to make a food decision that's going to serve your weight loss or not really hard to do or try and be mindful if you're super stressed and you can feel that you are you're aware you are making food decisions then are going to be worse mm -hmm. so if you can have that awareness and create better conditions for making that decision you'll probably make a better decision mm -hmm. i use distraction techniques with mm. clients and with myself actually because i'm one of the people that's like if i'm hungry and i'm cooking food i want to eat it all as i'm cooking it i'll get out either like carrots or just like a cucumber and just like slice bits off it or something that i can just because you know sometimes you just want to eat something while you're you just want to like munch on something you can put a plaster on it by giving yourself some carrot sticks while you make your dinner if you want to like it's i think it's really almost a bit frowned upon sometimes by the nutrition mm. to be like no you have to sit with your feelings and you have to acknowledge them and you have to mm. be okay with them you can just like put them off for a little bit if you need to if you're like a, a bit hangry like me and you just get into like oh, 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 sort of mode and you just you can just get some carrot sticks out and it's fine you can dip them in hummus if you want like things that you can pick out are great for that and um, so I like things like grapes, berries, melon, anything that just kind of keeps your mouth busy for long mm. enough for you to make some dinner is just <clears> such <throat> a great way to distract yourself from that. Mm. That's a nice example of like a grey area where it's not all about like coping skills and distraction skills, but it's not all about acceptance or you can have both and use mm -hmm. them when they're appropriate and learn when you should be using each one. Yeah. Um, like, you don't have to stick with every single feeling that you've ever had and just go, like, oh, let's watch this go by. You can distract yourself from it. It's just if you always only use one skill, you probably won't be as well-rounded in making those decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so true. And so many, there's so many different coping skills. And we probably only just scratch the surface with clients when it comes to stuff like that. But yeah, mm -hmm. like, and, and I think people think there are these set things that are coping skills. And actually, it's just mm -hmm. a case of whatever works for you is is helpful if it's helpful for you and if you find that it soothes you it settles you it helps you to get through things then it's coping with like it's mm. effective um okay question three what are your tips for managing alcohol and a weight loss goal which seems to have been more and more prominent as we've got into summer and everyone's like mm. yes i'm going to go for a drink at the pub garden mm -hmm. As a professional, I've got loads of tips. Personally, I feel like I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, 
again, it's one of those things where it's just like, which one, which one do I want more? And there's no mm-hmm. right answer, but every food and drink choice has to be intentional. And if you sort of say to yourself, that's my only filter for this week, is that everything I do is with intention. Yeah. That's a really good place to start. And it doesn't matter what the intention is. It just matters mm. that you are clear on what you're doing and why you're doing it. I'm glad that you said that Like there, are, there isn't a wrong answer. You can choose whatever you want. You've just got to be okay mm. with it. Yeah, sometimes my intention at certain social events is to get rat assed and that is mm. fine. Like at a wedding, I'm not controlling my alcohol intake particularly. Yeah. That's fine. That's, my, that's like part of it for me. But mm-hmm. then there are times when I'm like, <clears throat> I drive. That's a really big one for me to help control alcohol and take drive more. And then it's not even an issue. Like it's yeah. not. Even, that's the thing of changing the questions that you're asking yourself. It's no. not like, do I want to? Do I want drinks? Do I want not drinks? It's like, right, I can't have drinks. Which soft yeah. drink? Like that's that. It changes the conversation. And um, yeah. yeah, I'm also the wrong person to ask because I don't really drink. So I, I yeah. just don't understand the whole thing of like, oh, I have to have a drink. I'm like, mm. oh, I just can't stop because I'm one of those persons that's like, no, thank you. Or like, I've had one mm. and I'm a bit giggly and I'm like, no, nope, I've had plenty. Um, yeah. <laughs> we went, we went out for a drink like a couple of weekends ago, and I had one, and I was like, oh no, I'm done. Take me home. <laughs> <laughs> But generally, I recommend to people alternate your alcoholic drinks with non-alcoholic drinks. Everyone will mm. be too pissed to notice if you ask yeah. the bartender to put like a twist of lime or something in it nobody will ash- will think it's not alcoholic everyone will just assume yeah. it's alcoholic if it's got some some sort of fruit in it you're good to go yeah. and it will probably help you to not have a massive hangover the next day because you're going to be more hydrated as well mm-hmm. that's my like number one top tip for people and i imagine as well i don't know how true this is but this is how it works in my head you'll probably also slow down how fast your blood alcohol goes up so you're probably like mm-hmm. instead of it just going like chum and then falling off a cliff You'll probably yeah. like flatten that curve a little bit. Flatten. Yeah, partly because of time, but also partly because of like the hydration aspect. Whereas if you're yeah. dehydrated and go to the toilet a lot, you've got like blood thinner, and then you're having alcohol. I imagine that would. Yeah. yeah. So I imagine it probably really helps out with hangover from that perspective, but I don't also know. I'm just assuming. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then the standard clear spirits diet mixes. Mm. Yeah. Gin and slimline tonic, probably one of the most helpful management drinks for if you mm. do want to drink but also like oh, pick your battles you don't yeah. have to drink at every single occasion you go to one of my clients mm. is a coach and she said this to me the day she's like i i say to people can you enjoy it sober and a lot of the time yeah. like actually you know what yeah i can i don't mm. have to get hammered at this barbecue yeah and also if you can't your life's pretty short while you're going like we yeah. spoke about this last time a little bit in terms of people making comments about you doing things just don't go mm-hmm. yeah you don't have to um no. and you don't have to drink if you don't want to like no. there's i think people are worried about what other people think of them if mm. they say no thank you i'm not drinking and there's a lot of peer pressure and a lot of oh go on just have one mm. but if you go oh no i'm like i've made the decision that i don't want to drink tonight nobody's gonna hate you for that <laughs> no and if they do do they matter Yeah, exactly. They're probably not particularly good friends. Um, Okay, question number four. What do you wish more people knew about coaching or working with a nutritionist? I think the really cliche one is it's not, I'm not going to tell you exactly what to eat and I'm not going to tell you that certain foods are badly and can't have them. Mm -hmm. But that's what my answer would be, but then I know there's coaches that do that. And so like a client of mine works with a nutritionist, doesn't work with, but like is employed with a nutritional therapist and some of the fucking stuff that they say all oh my life like just just put this crystal up your bum and it'll yeah fix everything that would be better than some of the stuff i've heard to be honest that'd be okay uh, um, nothing without a flared base nothing without yeah. a flared base not a good idea um <laughs> oh i can imagine i can imagine some of the no. stuff that goes around and um, i think for me it's like not every coach is shit but there are plenty of shit ones out there Like, yeah. do you, if something, and if something doesn't feel right, don't start working with that person. Yeah. I'd look for qualifications first. There's so many nutritionists who don't actually have any nutrition qualifications. And there's, there's nutritionists who yeah. don't have, like, robust nutrition qualifications, but have been personal trainers for a long time, have done, like, CPD-type stuff, and are actually yeah. decent coaches, but don't 
maybe don't yeah. go with them with your super complex issues. Um, yeah. And expect. And if they're a good coach, they won't take you anyway. If they're a good coach, that's very true. But yeah, don't expect like yeah. really complex care from people that don't have the complexities within their like learning to be able to deal with that. Yeah. Um, I think as well, for me, a huge one is that it, a lot of the value comes from doesn't come from like the information that I'm giving you. The value comes from the support and the reassurance mm, and the. I say this a lot. Yeah. Uh, like it's like you're you're not you're not paying me to tell you what to eat for breakfast. You're paying me to reassure you that anything that you choose is fine and to like guide you down the path that mm. is probably the most helpful for you and to to reassure you that no no you can have a chocolate croissant for breakfast if you want just maybe not like four of them every single day. Mm. Yeah, and then I guess there's a couple more things within that in that I always say to people, like, the classic, oh, I haven't got a clear amount of time to do this because I've got loads of socials and stuff coming up, so there's no point. So I always say to people, like, I work with people for a minimum of three months because something will go to shit within three months. Everyone's life. And that's great. That's, like, the whole point of us, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, exactly. To help people deal with that. Um, and then the other thing that is one of the biggest objections to it, I think, that I've seen quite a lot recently, is like, oh, I know what to do, I just don't do it. Mm-hmm. that's what this sort of helps for like it comes back to that we're not here to write your meal plan we're literally here to help you figure out why you're not doing it yeah sometimes i get people to write their own meal plans in fact i do it quite a lot they're like oh i just feel like i need i need a meal plan okay cool you write your own meal plan and i'll look over it and support you with mm. implementing that because nobody knows what you want to eat more than you do and i can help people no. i write meal plans for people all the time knowing that they will have absolutely no intention of, of following them mm. just to kind of like yeah. prove the point and like if you stick to this and do the whole thing i'll give you like the next month free and they don't they don't at all no even yeah. I, I always say like here's three or four days examples don't use them if you don't want i'm happy to have wasted my time doing them that's sort of the point of it um the only but, yeah. thing i give out in my coaching is like example meal plans i have like a massive bank of like i can give you six months worth of meal plans if you want Mm. like example ones for everybody oh have you frozen on me back back. yeah okay yeah yeah no it's it's i yeah i set like habits for people and i always say to them like oh you've got this habit and this habit and that means that you have complete autonomy with your food but it ensures that i know there's some diet quality like the habits i've said you couldn't hit that with just turkey dinosaurs but mm. i'm not telling you what to eat like you choose yeah. but i know this is going to help you fit the requirements you've got yeah and the targets are there to help you make the choices that we would make for you if we mm. were choosing it just has to come from you like you have to choose the things that you want to do that's a good yeah. way of phrasing it i've never thought about it like that um yeah i think as well like one of the big objections that i get is cost and yeah. it fr- it frustrates me a lot because the fat loss handbook method is like one of the cheapest coaching options i think i've come across on the internet um it's like 25 pound a week for 10 weeks and i think people don't realize that you get a full-on check-in from me every week it's not like mm. a yay great job try harder um you get a full-on either written or video check-in every week if it was just great job, try harder, you'd be able to charge fifteen hundred a month for it. That would yeah. be a high t- high ticket. That's package. true. That's high ticket. Coaching. So yeah, oh, that's so true. <laughs> like it's it's. I think that's something that comes up a lot is is cost of programming, and it's it, it's like coaching is expensive, but coaching is also a privilege. I think a lot of people <clears throat> don't necessarily understand that, and that's why a lot of coaches have like a higher ticket offer and a lower ticket offer so mm. that we can reach like a broader spectrum of people and i wish we could work for free but we can't because like mm. the people that generally need more support and more help can't necessarily afford it but we also mm. have to get paid yeah <laughs> to, i don't like, i don't judge people for thinking it's too expensive and if someone thought yeah. oh, i can't afford that I'm like, yeah well lots of people can't at the moment i get that but i just wish people would sometimes and they don't always but see it in the context of if you heard an engineer had the amount of qualifications and like time in education that I've got and they're on 60 grand a year, you'd be like, yeah, all right, sounds about right. But yeah, I'm looking after exactly. someone's body, having done the same, and you're like, is it not just like 20 quid for a meal plan? No, yeah. it's not weirdly enough, no. Yeah, like you're, yeah. I, every time I send my car for an MOT, I'm like, oh, and, it, and it needs like a brake pad replacing or something. It's like, that'd be 12 million pounds, please. 
I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we're preaching to the wrong audiences. Should we go? We'll go after some high ticket clients. Like that's to be seven. Oh, we'd be mechanics. Oh, we'd be mechanics. No. I'm I don't oh. care. I must be the only bloke who doesn't care about cars at all. I wouldn't know what to do. I it's only very recently that I've been starting to be able to fill up my own screen wash because I had to get my dad to show me where the, <laughs> where the screen wash thing was, and because I was like, well, I assumed it. You told me it was blue, like because the caps are normally blue on them. Mine's yellow, mm. so I was like, I didn't know which one it was. I didn't want to put it in the wrong thing. Um, and then Simon changed my windscreen wipers for me as well. I see. I, that's the sort of thing that Halford will do that for me. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I, oh, I get Halford's tyres on the drive. Best service ever. Mm. They'll come to your house and change your tyres for you if you need new ones. And I'm like, yes, I'll. This is what money's for. Pay the man. Yeah, pay him for the convenience. But um, mm. the only person, well, one of the only people who's worse with cars than me is my girlfriend. So I don't like oil and stuff. I can fill up my oil. And when I do her, I just feel like a proper bloke again. And then it all goes. And I don't. I don't but, know. Yeah. I've no, no idea. No clue. Have to find Not that. even the worst person on this call, so that makes me feel bad. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, anything car related, I'm just not that bothered. Anything that people say to me is like, oh, would you, would you get yourself a new car? Like, when you start being super successful with coaching, it's like I could buy myself a new car now. I just don't know what I'd want. There's anything more than my Renault Clio. If I was driving a lot, I'd want one that's more comfortable and more reliable. But Mm. I don't drive that much, so I don't. Yeah. Yeah, when I was doing my motorway driving, maybe I'd have been like, yeah, I'll upgrade to something that actually doesn't go like all the way down. Right. Yeah. But for now, I'm great. It's fine. Yeah. It's like a little adventure car. Like I don't think I'd ever buy a new car either. I quite like having a second hand like piece of shit that I know that I can absolutely destroy and it's not necessarily the end of the world. Mm, I think a, a thing of people our age of uh, buying things that are really expensive and lose value immediately and then bragging about it is the strangest concept to me. It makes yeah. no sense in my head. Like when you drive your new car away and you've got like a Range Rover, and you spent the, like however many thousands, and it's lost a third of its value once you've driven it away. And you're it, that's that's a brag. I'm just like, just shows a lack of brains for me. I'm afraid it it makes me cringe when people do yeah. that. Oh yeah, but yeah. So yeah. if you want your car fixing, employ either of us, but we're great at nutrition. We are really great at that. Yeah. I didn't know. So I didn't know how. Um, like I had no idea how to book an MOT the first time that I had to get an MOT. And I was like frantically googling, where do I get my MOT done? And I was bringing up these garages, and I was like, I think my MOT's run out. And they're like, Well, has it? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, not checked. I'm like, I don't know where to check. But you no know, one like well, I assumed that when you buy a car, they will MOT it before you take it away. But it doesn't mm. work like that. It's every year, like regardless. So yeah. it ran out like a few months after I had it, and I was like, This isn't fair. It's it's character building being shit at things, and uh, yeah. people just won't accept that you can't. You just don't have to be interested and good at everything like mm-hmm. it's, there's nothing more demeaning than having to make the noise that your car's making down the phone to your dad to try and ascertain what's going on with it but i don't care about cars so like if oh. i have all my time i still wouldn't be doing cars. anything else or bring him up and be like dad what's this warning light and it turns out you've actually just still got your handbrake on a little bit <laughs> yeah 100 percent. uh cruise control mine came up once i was like why have we got a white light on that oh, was this uh, yeah, i just accidentally put cruise control on are you worried though about the time in your life when you will be a dad, and 100%. and your child rings you up and goes, "What's this?" And you're like, "Oh shit!" And you're like frantically googling. Yeah, luckily I think my dad bullshits, and I've started to learn that as I get older. So I think it, all it is is got to be good at bullshitting, which I am. Nobody knows what's going on. Just google no. it. Yeah. I think I think our parents' generation had like almost an advantage in that they sort of had to know how to do certain things because they didn't have mm. the internet. Now, if I need anything, I'll just YouTube it or Google yeah. it. But I think they like had to learn how to do stuff because you couldn't just, you didn't just have your phone, you didn't have a mobile, you couldn't ring the AA, yeah. you had to walk down the motorway to a, an yeah. SOS. Room. But now I'll just I'll just ring my dad and he'll be like ring the AA and I'm like okay I'll do that. Like, <laughs> also, like one of my super wanky like finance goals is just live comfortably and have enough money to pay someone else to do that sort of thing if it needs doing because it's just yeah. not my thing. I I quite value my time and. My time's not well spent trying to work out what's going on in my car when someone else will be doing it for a bit of money. That's exactly my financial goals. Like, mm. I hate the whole 10k a month business mentor, like, very arbitrary figures. Mm. I remember when I first started coaching, my finance goal was to be able to go to the supermarket, 
buy whatever I wanted for tea. Like buy, this was how I described it. I wanted to go to the supermarket and buy salmon for tea and not have to check my bank account afterwards to make sure that I had any money left. Mm. Have you achieved it? I have achieved it. I can buy salmon for dinner whenever I want. Rich. (laughs) (laughs) Wealthy. Okay. Um, My last question is, what is your top tip for anyone looking to make changes to their diet? Where do you start? It feels very overwhelming. Cool. It's overwhelming because you think you have to try and change everything. It's, I imagine it's like us if we looked, if I lifted up the bonnet of my car and went, what the fuck is all this? So many bu- bits to it, yeah. Like, like if you find the thing to open people. the bonnet, that's, that's overwhelming enough. Trying to find... It's not, not easily opened. And every trying to find it, like, like, stood there trying to, like... Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, Dad, I'll just rub on it. Open his eyes. It's where it moves every time. It does, uh, and I imagine that's how other people look at nutrition. The way we look yeah. at cars, like an engineer. And I think that's what people have to remember about coaching: is that a car mechanic will lift up the bonnet and know what everything was and what everything did, in the same way that we'll look at nutrition and know what everything does and what everything did. Mm. And you're not supposed to know everything. Like that's okay. Mm. That's what we're kind of here for. Yeah, I think that's the hardest thing of coaching is. Like, you forget how much you know, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, like, you yeah. forget how little other people know sometimes, which isn't a dig at other people. Like, that's normal. But yeah. things that are just are so blatantly obvious to you, you know, actually, I have to start further back and go, well, this is what where protein is and, like, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I'd literally be making, like, two or three changes a day, like, for a week, just change two or three things. What would you start with? If you were, if you were changing your own diet... What, what's mm. the first thing that you like look at and go, is this something that I need to address? My fruit and veg intake, because mm-hmm. that generally tells me, if I look at my fruit and veg intake for the day, that's a really good proxy for so many different other habits, which I know are good for me. So like, yeah. if I'm only hitting three portions of fruit and veg per day, I know I'm probably not getting regular meals. There's at least one meal I'm skipping. I know mm-hmm. my diet quality is crap. I know I've probably not prepped food or done a shop or like something like that's gone wrong. Um, I might have spent too much money, like, buying food out, like, having restaurants and takeaways or whatever, or had too many of those meals. Um, so that's a really good one for me in that, like, and my fix would then be I have two portions of fruit or veg at each meal, and that's the only thing I've focused on this week because everything falls into place with that habit. It's what they call, like, a keystone habit. If you do this one thing, it has a really good knock-on effect on everything else you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that I start with as well. It's fruit and veg. Um, I think I'd also start with how well hydrated i am because mm. i think that's a really good proxy measure of how well i'm generally looking after myself yeah and if i'm like generally looking after myself quite well and i'm kind of on it i'm making sure i'm taking the time to hydrate um that's similar to your fruit and veg thing everything else is probably going okay like mm. if i'm if i'm drinking plenty of water i'm probably eating some vegetables at most meals and yeah. um, yeah. so that's that's where i start and um, a big place I generally start with clients is with um, not even anything nutrition related is with their sleep. So mm. a lot of people just have absolutely shit sleep yeah. and then wonder why their nutrition's rubbish. And a lot of the time when we then actually get them like sleeping decently um, with some really simple tricks as well. I think a lot of people think like sleep, sleep is really difficult, really convoluted. There's fancy things you've got to do it's actually quite simple to reset mm. your sleep cycle um i always recommend there's a really good as much as i don't like the podcast because i'm not a fan of the person who hosts it diary of a ceo there's a great episode um which is like how to get a great night's sleep from like a world yeah. sleep researcher and it's fantastic and i recommended it to pretty much all my clients who struggle with sleep mm. it's like go listen to this and do some of the stuff in there but yeah um fruit and veg hydration Meals at regular times, that's probably the third thing that I'd think to look at first, mm. is are you having breakfast around about the same time every day? Are you having lunch around about the same time every day? Are you having dinner at a reasonable time? Because often when that goes out the window, um, especially for people who are quite like, not scatty, but get distracted easily, um, like a very hyper-focused on work, and I think this happens more for like weight gain clients sometimes than weight loss clients. Um, if your or if your your food decisions, if your food timing kind of goes out the window, that's when you start making poor decisions around food. Like if you're not eating until nine o'clock at night, that's when you're more likely to order a pizza. Yeah, 
it comes back to that, like create a better environment for your decisions. Because if you don't, you'll make bad decisions. I think mine, so mine would be fruit and veg, hydration, and some sort of movement, preferably outside. Mm-hmm. Because I, I know that my sleep is much worse if I haven't moved that day. And also, if I've not drank, not had a regular meal, and not gone outside for some movement, I'm probably overworking. And I know that's generally a sign for me that I need to pull back and do less work. So I've been at my desk all day. That's generally the reason that those things happen. So. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're the three I start with. And I think most people, if you did those for 12 weeks, would see a dramatic change in your energy, probably in body composition, even yeah. if you weren't trying to. Um, digestion, things like that, everything would feel so much better. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing, is that like, if you can make changes that give you much more energy in the short term, you've got more energy to then go and address all the other things. So like sleep, regular meals, fruit and veg, hydration, things that we know actually make us feel more energised, mm-hmm. you can start thinking about all the other things because you've got the capacity to do that. Oh, 100%. And I think those, I think that's why a lot of people struggled in lockdown. Um, mm. Like the people that, people either went one of two ways. They absolutely thrived on mm. not necessarily being at work or working from home because they were able to do these habits so much more or everything kind of went tits up and shit hit the fan because they lost a lot of these, like, what did you call them, keystone mm. habits? Yeah. Habits. A lot of these key habits that they, they would normally have in their day. And almost like markers and cues, like, if your your alarm clock goes off, and it's like, right, well, I need to have breakfast because then I have to leave to get the train to go to work. And on the way to work, I grab a coffee, and then I get there, and I've got my lunch, which I take with me, and I pick it up here. And when you kind of lose that those cues mm. to do the next thing, you 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 lose that routine and that rhythm and i think that's why yeah. a lot of people's habits like really went to shit in lockdown because they lost yeah. all of that that like foundation structure yeah. and the key things that you do in a day yeah. that, that actually make things flow well uh, i yeah. still see that do you like i've got clients that will do a bit of hybrid where they like work from home some days in the office some days and they're like in the office i'm fine because i've got this and this and this and this i'm like we well, just need to create that like mm-hmm. It does frustrate me sometimes when people say, oh, I just had, like, I lost my routine, so I didn't do anything. You knew that was coming up. Yeah. So, like, if you know you're going to lose your routine, start planning to have some routine in it. So, like, one of the big ones that I use with, like, corporate clients is if you're content with the days in your office where you're commuting and you're going to London and getting a train and the tube and stuff, recreate that, but just go for a walk instead. Like, yeah. your brain's obviously comfortable with the fact that it's doing an hour commute. Take that hour and go outside and do something else instead. And that yeah. gives you that structure for the day. Oh, so much. And I even get people to, like, plan and prepare their meals ahead of time. If mm. they're like, oh, if I just I get to lunchtime and I just don't know what to do, I'm like, why don't you just have the meal that you'd normally have if you yeah. had a had a break? Um, and it's also okay to take a proper lunch break when you're, ha- when you're working from home. You don't have to just mm. have lunch at your desk and sit and work through. If you'd... I think a lot of people feel, feel pressure to do that and you don't necessarily mm. have to have to sit and do that but yeah like oh, just create that routine for yourself um how did you find it going from having a proper job to then working completely for yourself yeah i probably made worse choices on the back of it because mm-hmm. i made i made all the sort of did all the bad things that i just spoke about that other people do um yeah I, I sort of struggled really but then i suppose a lot of my transition was I was furloughed and then we're like I was working but it was still in lockdown so I sort of was working from home for a lot of it anyway yeah. and also my goal was always to sort of work for myself online from anywhere hashtag you fitness. kind of knew that was going to be coming yeah 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 but I, I still like don't think I've perfected my routine and like, I'm always tweaking things and always trying things mm-hmm. from like a, a health perspective but also from a when does my brain work best perspective yeah. which is I'm quite, it's quite a privilege for us to be able to do that but I like I recently, my biggest battle is always like, you don't have to work nine to five. You don't have to work eight hours a day. Like I know my brain's got four, three, four hours of really good, like work on projects or client stuff or things like that. And then it's probably got two hours of admin maybe. And the rest of it, it needs to train or switch off. That's exactly, I'm exactly the same. Like Mm. I will do all my clients, I try and get all my client stuff done before lunchtime. Like if I've got client stuff, sometimes it spills over, sometimes it goes into the afternoon and I can deal with the odd like, two to three check-ins in an afternoon but yeah. generally I'll, I'll try and have all my check-ins done by 11am and I can 100%. Do. that's yeah. what I do and then yeah. I've 
I, I know that I work well re either really early in the morning or really late at night. I'm not mm. a very good like middle of the day worker. Yeah. So I'll, I'll um, get up, walk thin early and then be back at, try and be back at my desk working, doing whatever I'm doing. Train around 10, 11 because I know that's the time that I like train mm. well um, and I've got the energy to do it still. And then do a bit more work, probably work through till about like three, maybe half yeah. through, four maximum, take him for another walk. And then I'm kind of like done. And maybe yeah. in the evening, if I've got a few extra bits I want to get done, I'll do that. But yeah, yeah in afternoons, mid, mid afternoon to late afternoon is like Sweet. accounting. <laughs> That's the only thing I can do is like go through all my invoicing. Yeah. No, I, I just think it's like, a hangover from like the industrial age where people worked a lot and they worked nine to five and stuff whereas like mm -hmm. knowledge work you just don't have to like it makes no sense to make your brain do work outside the windows where it's prime right. to do work really yeah whereas if you're doing like so when lockdown first hit i started working on my parents garden center mm. and we'd be out like half seven eight in the morning until like half six seven at night um and it was like manual physical labor and it, it was fine like crack, mm. crack on all the way through can just go and go and go it's the same when i was chefing we'd start at like 9 10 in the morning and um, and we would finish at like 10 11 p.m and you'd be like oh done and it would have had like a 15 hour day and mm. it you, like you can cope with it but when you're doing that like really thought thoughtful work it's so difficult to go all day i have no idea how simon does it so simon's an acp mm. so he works in a gp practice as like an advanced advanced nurse um and he'll be there for like eight, nine, ten hours, and I don't know how he does it. Like no. patient, 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 and it blows my mind. <laughs> it's no wonder he feels knackered when he gets home. No, hundred percent. And I think it's, I feel for people where it's unavoidable. But I think mm -hmm. so many businesses could avoid it, but they just choose not to because they don't think that it challenge like the status quo and go actually could we just make people work less and they'd be happier and do the same amount of work. Yeah, I think of all the the time when I worked in an office how much time I didn't spend mm. working of that so yeah. much time not spent working and it makes me think that if and when I'm an employer I'll be so sensitive to what my mm. employees need yeah no I'm like I'm obsessed with all the, like the research and the books and stuff on productivity and the more I do that the more I just think like you need three or four hours of uninterrupted, un uninterrupted work. Like I'll put my phone in a different room, I'll do my client stuff, work to social media, do any plans I've got. And then after that, I can just go around and do whatever I want. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. I give myself permission to do that. And sometimes I'll do a check-in still 11 and then have my lunch and go for a walk. And then it's like, yeah, I'm done. They were hard. Yeah. Well, that'll do me for today. Like drained. <laughs> mm. But then yeah. and sometimes I'm like, actually, no, I need to get a lot done. And I've got, I've got, I've got the energy to do it, I'll do it. Sometimes it's like 11 till, uh, like half seven till 11, 12-ish, and then I'll have a big break and then do something like this in the evening. Yeah, oh, I'm and the same. Like, that works for me. So like four till six can be quite productive for me and yeah. all the morning, but like 12 till three, I might as well be asleep. Um, yeah, nothing's happening, but yeah. I'll answer my emails. Yeah, phone calls I can do. I find that that's a strange thing. But then I also don't like putting phone calls when I when my brain's ready to do big work. Mm -hmm. So I can I chat to people when I'm call. in that sort of mindset. You don't? I don't do any variety of phone calls within my coaching uh, at all because I just cry. <laughs> I can't, so it's the one thing that my like weird anxiety brain can't handle is phone calls. Like doesn't, really? can't do it. Like, so I'm okay if somebody calls me and they're yeah. like the expert and I'm the person that just has to listen and be like, yes, please help us, man, I'd really like you to come change my tyres. And what tyres do I want? Like three of them that are around. Yeah. But if I'm the authority figure on the on the other end of the phone, I really struggle with it. It's awful. Mm. Welcome to my brain. <laughs> I get phone call anxiety, but then I come off phone call thinking, really love coaching, like that's what I want to do. I love speaking to people like that. But if, if there's one in my calendar at four, four o'clock, I'm like, dreading it all day for no reason other than yeah, yeah I, I have no idea but now i get on there i'm just like yeah great love that yeah. coaching's fun isn't it if i have a phone call in my calendar that i know is coming up or i know someone's like wants to talk about something um 
like any clients that listen or watch this will know that when they're like do you fancy arranging a call to chat about this and i'm like nope but how about i do you a video um yeah. i've purposefully designed my coaching so that there isn't any variety of like live calling on it because i know that the way my shitty mental health sometimes works is that if i'm having one of those days like i can't do it and i mm. There's nothing I hate more than having to message someone and be like, oh, I'm having a bad mental health day. Please, can we reschedule this call for never? Um, and so I've just basically have like a bit of a blanket rule within my coaching that I don't do phone calls mm. because it just doesn't work for me. And if yeah. I have a phone call later in the week, um, I will spend the entire, you know, you're like, I spend the whole day dreading it. I'll spend the mm. entire month leading up to that, dreading <laughs> <laughs> it. I think it's good that, like, there's a million and one different ways you can coach, and actually mm -hmm. it works for clients. Like, something I worked on really early was, like, I don't have to have some arbitrary amount of contact with people. People want me to get results for them, and I need to find the best way that I do that as much mm -hmm. as the best way for them. So I have a call with people, like a discovery call, and then we have, like, a consultation call where we chat through what the plan's going to be, and this is how these things work. And then I'm like, there's no set amount of calls after this, and that means that, I've got time for you that if you need one, we can just jump on a chat. So like, if they say, oh, I really need to chat about this, I've got this coming up, I'm worried about this. Or I read a check-in and they're like, this is hell, life is hell. And I'm like, should we have a chat? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I imagine most people, because most people I work with are busy. And they're like, yeah. They don't want to be chatting to me every fucking two weeks or every month or whatever. <laughs> I don't want to be hear hearing me that often. That's they <laughs> yeah, I don't even listen back to any podcasts that I'm on because I'm like, oh, oh, no. not no. my own voice. Do people do that? Do you think there's some narcissists somewhere who? I've listened back. I've listened back when I when I'm like I can't remember anything that we talked about. Mm. You know when you just kind of get into a bit of a flow and you're like, what did, what did we do for an hour and a half? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, or or if I know that I know that I said something and I'm like that was good and yeah. I want to go back to remember what I said because I can't actually remember what we talked about. But that's mm. the only time that I'll listen. It's been awful. Well, I've been like I've done quite a few of these lives with different people now, and I've been going back, cutting the video, and making them into reels and stuff. Hashtag yeah. repurposing content, <laughs> and just honestly <laughs> listening to yourself. It's like nails on a fucking blackboard. Yeah, I think I'm getting more used to it. But I think the yeah. first time you do it, you're just like, oh, is that what I sound like? And I know that as I've moved up north and as I've been here longer, I'm starting to sound more Yorkshire again. Whereas previously, I was a lot more like I've been living in Loughborough for quite a while. Yeah. And um, but now the Leeds accent's coming back. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're good at video though. Like you, you're always quite happy on video and stories and stuff, aren't you? Yeah. Like I'm fine with video. Great with stories. Fine with TikTok. Like actually, really enjoy doing like TikTok content and mm. stuff. Um. But yeah, phone calls doesn't doesn't work. It, I think it's like the live aspect because I know that I can't go back and mm. edit it. Like, sometimes it'll take me, like, 15 goes to film a TikTok. <laughs> See, that that would break me. That's what I don't like about video is, like, having been burnt, doing, like, a 20-minute video and then not save or corrupt or whatever. It's like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I can't. That's the best thing about TikTok. They're maximum, like, three minutes long. Yeah, true. Yeah. It goes wrong. It's not the end of the world. Um, but, yeah, I actually like filming video content. Um, mm. One thing that I found actually quite difficult to do is film... Um, so I'm filming all the lectures for the Fat Loss Handbook Method video course at the moment. And doing like an hour long lecture, just talking to yourself is really, really hard. Like mm. I find it so difficult when I haven't got an audience. Whereas yeah. previously, I'll have, I've done like um, online webinar type things before. And there's been people like watching on Zoom and I, you can't even see them. Like I, mm. I cut them out so that I can't, I can just see my little box. Yeah. And it's absolutely fine because I know they're there and I know I'm like mm. talking to someone whereas trying to be animated and talking to your screen like this when there's nobody there yeah. is really really weird and I've had to stop and just be like oh, what am I doing yeah I talk way too quick when I'm just doing it on my own with no one listening mm -hmm. I'm like well yeah. no one's listening so I don't have to try and pace myself my clients don't need to you know you can speed up checking feedback so you've got the <laughs> 0.25 nobody needs to because I'm like you're going at three you had this no, 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 no. yeah Mm. Oh, and then and you get to the point. I don't know if you do it, and um, where you start thinking ahead of what you want to say next, but you're still on that sentence, and then you start mm. like merging words together. And yeah. I I only realise I'm doing it when I when I listen to stuff back, and I'm like, oh no, that was a train wreck. 
So that's why I like I like written check-ins for that reason. And that yeah. I can type out loads of stuff, can change it all. I'll be like, this is the idea I want to get across and then write it and go, well, that sounds horrendous like that. We'll rephrase it so it sounds like this. I can mm-hmm. put links and stuff and stuff like that. So that works better for me because I'm shit at video. But yeah. it's done there for half and go, uh, yeah, so um, what else did I want to say? Uh, yeah, well, you don't have to type that, so that's great. Yeah. I make notes, so I purposefully mm. will. A lot of the time I'll spend a couple of hours in the morning going through everyone's check-ins and writing notes on like the key things that I want to cover because mm. otherwise I'll go off on like a ramble that has nothing to do with anything so it actually keeps me kind of like on topic and I wonder yeah. if people can tell when I've done a check-in with notes or when I've done one without notes and I'm like eh, what do I do now? <laughs> As one of my next one of my worst habits is reading a check-in like on a weekend day so I check in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday I'll mm. read it on a Saturday or Sunday and like let my brain work on the answers while I'm not working, which is great. But then if someone's had a bad week or a bad time, which I don't, actually don't think that anyone's ever, ever talks about on social media because you've got to just promote your business as this wonderful thing. Yeah. And you're not allowed to say that people do have shit weeks when they work with you. You have really bad weeks. People yeah. are wrong, and they're like, oh, I just want to quit and everything's rubbish. And it's like, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just yeah. this week. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I, that I purposely don't. I really shouldn't. That's okay. an awful, it's a toxic trait of mine. Yeah, you do like, I'll just do one, and then suddenly you're yeah. like 12 deep. Yeah, so I get like emails because I use like Apotheo, so I get emails saying, Oh, such and such has just checked in mm, I with a link to it. I'm like, Oh, I could just look at that now if I wanted to, just to yeah. see how they're getting on. Um, and there's some clients where that was really useful for. So, like, one of my old clients used to go in on check ins, like, go deep on stuff, and that was amazing because it would give me my time, my brain time to do. Mm. yeah so otherwise it would be too much to read it all process it and reply on the same day but there's some way it's just like you can ruin your sunday by just reading people not be very nice yeah Mm. i think um i quite like if i've got a really big one i'll um i'll sometimes just reply and be like so there's a lot to for me to go through i'm gonna come back to this tomorrow i just want to give my brain time to like stew Mm. on it a little bit and a lot of the time, the things that I want to say will come up or like will come to me when I'm like out for a run or walking the dog or something like that. So I'll be walking Finn and thinking about this check-in. And it's like, ah, oh, I want to talk about this with that person. I'll just get my phone out and like notes out. I've got so many notes that are like, mm. this person's check-in, say this about this thing. And, yeah. and it's the creativity thing, isn't it? Of like you come up with your most creative ideas when you're not trying to come up with creative ideas. Which is yeah. why you always come up with good ideas in the shower. <laughs> and mine's yeah. trouble. That's my time for mm. coming up with good ideas for things. Yeah. Creativity doesn't work under pressure. Like, you can't force yourself to be creative. You have to take yeah. your mind off and go and do something else. And um, I've learned I need adequate phone battery to be able to, like, listen to music and write notes about the things that I'm thinking about at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd... Like, oh. ge- like, long car journeys for me. Like, I'm in the car for two hours. I'll listen to a podcast and something they say will, like, take my brain elsewhere. And I'm like shouting Siri to try and start a note. Like Siri, start a note. Okay. Say yeah. And it's like phoning mum. Like no, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Stop that. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Oh I. Oh I need to get better at voice noting stuff. Oh you read it back and it's like that's definitely not what I said. But I don't know what I said. Like it's yeah. just some random shit. Um, yeah. yeah, we do that. We'll listen to um, podcasts as we're going. Usually, so Simon's from down south, and if we ever go down mm-hmm. to Japan, it's about three and a half hours. We'll listen to a podcast as we're as we're driving down, and the amount of times where someone will say something and we'll like pause it and be like, "So," and go into like this massive discussion, <laughs> and then yeah. an hour later, we're like, "Okay, play again." <laughs> but we've gone in on this one little thing that someone said. In Armchair Expert is one of the podcasts that we really like. Oh dear, not Stephen right. Bartlett though. Not Stephen Bartlett's podcast. There's a few good ones, but some of them are just a bit self indulgent. Sorry. Just, yeah. Oh, honestly, I went to his live show a few months ago. Was it any good? Not massively. No. A lot of it was stuff read from his book. His book's quite good, to be fair. I quite enjoyed his book. Yeah, a lot of people say that about his book. Um, mm. But he's, it was honestly like, he had a gospel choir and all this sort of stuff. And he was like, I've got this because I like to communicate in lots of different mediums. And so, like, songs, like, one way that we can communicate. And he, the whole thing was just like God complex. That's mm. all it struck me as. And everyone in his podcast is now on there to cry. Is that all? Yeah, I'm successful, but 
when I was a kid, the postman was nasty to me. He's just like, fuck it, I really? And I start crying. I, thought, I can't, I can't be asked for this. I listen to some of them and I'm like, there's nothing like practical or helpful in this. Yeah. I, I quite enjoyed the one with the guy from um, Brewdog. That was good. Because really? that was so quite, like, that. it was quite, um, just from like an inspiration perspective of mm. like, people do struggle because they had a really tough start to their career but a lot of the time it's like yes we just started a business and then in the second year we turned over 12.9 million and it was really hard and it's like that's that's a lot of the podcasting um right i have a feeling that dinner is just about ready if i've just stopped sizzling um shall we yeah um so this will be going on to a podcast very shortly and i will drop you the video and the audio as well and it's on YouTube. Thank the last one it is currently on YouTube. So if you've really? seen wonderful faces and here's I'm a YouTube influencer now. You're a YouTube influencer. I'm get I'll send so you proud. all absolutely nothing of the ad revenue. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have not Just many. 50 50. Well, we'll do this again in a couple of weeks, shall we? Yeah. In a couple of weeks' okay. time? Brilliant. Brilliant. Look forward to it. Right. Enjoy your dinner. Have a lovely evening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.